0: Welcome to Sabbath School brought to you by It Is Written. We're delighted that you could join us this week because this week we are beginning a brand new quarter. We are looking at 13 weeks dedicated to God's mission and my mission and your mission. So we're on a 13-week journey taking a look at how we can be very much involved in the work of spreading the gospel here on earth. But before we dive in today, let's begin with prayer. Father, we want to thank you for giving us an opportunity to be a part of sharing this great gospel message with the world and we ask that during this quarter you will help us to find very practical ways that we can do that we ask your blessing on today's study as we get started and we thank you in jesus name amen well we're delighted to start this week with Kleber Consalvis. He is the director of the Center for Secular and Post-Christian Mission. Kleber, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Now, this is a really exciting quarter because we are, as I said, talking about how we can be personally involved in the spread of the gospel. And we're going to be blessed this quarter by you, most certainly, for the first few lessons, or first couple of lessons, but then we have some other contributors as well. Who are all these contributors, and why are they involved in what we're looking at this quarter?
1: Actually, Eric, we had a team approach for this uh, quarter. Under the Office of Adventist Mission at the General Conference, we have six global mission centers. Each of the centers, we have, we have the challenge and the privilege of finding bridges of communication, with the hardest people groups to be reached around the world, like the Jewish people, Hindus, Buddhists. I have the privilege of of directing the Center for Circle and Post-Christian Mission. So as a team, we together with excitement, we brought this quarter to help the World Church to understand that all of us, we can be part of God's mission if we understand what He wants to our lives.
0: So, over the course of 13 weeks, we're looking at very practical ways we can do that. Give us kind of a, an idea. Where are we going? With, without giving everything away of what we're going to be covering, what are some areas that, we, that we're going to be exploring, that we're going to be discovering, that we can share?
1: Well, First of all, we, we need to better understand who God is and what is His plan through our lives. Mission is not for those who are more skilled, or those who have the privilege of going through a theological education. Mission is something that all of us can be involved so that's the main purpose, is to understand how each one of us can be part of this mission. So on a weekly basis, we will not only understand uh, biblical aspects of mission, but also how can we practically be involved in that mission.
0: And that's exciting. As I looked through this quarter's lessons, Thursday of each week is about that practical application. That's correct. Yep. So you learn some of the theological, the, the purpose behind it, but then Thursday, it gets down to... The real deal. How do we do that?
1: Actually, we're going to be presenting a challenge to all of us. Oh, that's fantastic. How we can be involved in this
0: mission. So 13 challenges as we go through. Yep. Wonderful, wonderful. So this week, week number one, is God's mission to us, part one. When we take a look at, at the God of mission, we find in Genesis 3, 9, this, this question that God asks. He says, where are you? It sounds like God is, is busy, God is looking, God is, is on a mission to do that. So, how do we understand God's nature, His purpose in this question, where are you?
1: Actually, Eric, for us to understand what mission is all about, we have to start with God Himself. He is the foundation, He is the center of mission, because mission is started with Him. So, it's a, a fundamental step that we have to take. And actually, this very question, the very first question God asks in the book of Genesis, where are you? It has a profound missiological aspect. He didn't ask, what have you done? Why did you do that? Why did you, dis- you disobey? No, no, he asked, where are you? And he knew where Adam and Eve uh, were. He was pushing them for them to understand where they actually were. And this is something that all of us need to understand, where we are to understand that uh, we depend on him all the time when we understand his purposes and and what he wants to do through our lives we really grasp the privilege of being part of of his mission
0: so it sounds like he's a he's a searching god he's a god who wants to interact with us he's a god who obviously cares if he's not coming out wagging a finger you know saying you you did wrong That's but true. he's he's reaching out to us to to connect with us where we happen to be He's clearly a God that cares, very much a God that cares. So when we understand that God is that type of a God, who is, who is reaching out, who's caring, who's a God of mission, what would that personally mean to you or to me or to us? How, does that, how should we relate to that? How ought we to relate to that?
1: Actually, it's, it's this concept that uh, we believe in a God that cares for us. And actually, his attitude was to come in direction of Adam and Eve. He came to them. And the same thing happens to all of us. There is a thread, Eric, in the Bible, from the book of Genesis to Revelation, in which we see a God that wants to be with us. And when we understand His nature, His relational nature of being together, connected with us, it does change even our understanding and our practice of mission. Throughout the Old Testament, we see this. and the New Testament, the same thing. His desire to be with us and to love us so we can share the same experience with those around us.
0: So he's a God who cares. He wants to be with us. He wants to commune with us. He wants to communicate with us. There are some in the world today who have this idea that God is kind of a distant hmm. God. Uh, some who believe that he sort of got this, got this world spinning and then kind of disappeared to go care for more important and weighty matters. But it seems here like we've got this picture of a God who, like you said, he does care. Mm-hmm. He's, he's very much involved in what's going on. What kind of encouragement would you give to somebody who's maybe heard that God is distant, doesn't mm-hmm. care? What words of of help would you give to them to kind of help them to see? And, and of course, we're, we're going to unpack this a, a great deal more but somebody who's struggling with that, what would you tell them? Let let me
1: use one of the most beautiful stories we find in God's Word, Joseph. When we read his experience, we see that things were going really bad to him and actually getting worse. And the Bible text says that, but God was with him. God was with him. The problem, Eric, is not uh, with God. The problem is with us. Are we aware of his presence? You see, even, even when Jacob was fleeing from his uh, brother, after the dream he had, he felt God's presence and said, I was not aware that he is here. That's the issue. Are we aware? Do we see his presence with us? So when we have this uh, assurance that he is with us all the time and he wants to be with us, it does help us to understand how can we really get involved in this relationship and how we can share him with other people
0: so you just touched on something that I want to unpack just a little bit more once we understand that he wants to be with us he gives us the opportunity to let other people know that he wants to be with them as well how important is that knowledge that understanding of of his his personal nature his reaching out to us how important is that as we seek To give that to others, to to share that with others? What does that mean to us?
1: And actually, uh, this is something that uh, we explore on the very first week. That when we have this uh, awareness and this assurance that He is with us, we have the privilege of understanding His greatest attribute, His love. And when we understand God's love for us personally, when you understand the privilege of of, uh, being in His presence, it does changes. It does touch us in such a way that we are transformed. And we cannot be simply keeping this wonderful thing just for us. We need to share with other people. So that transformation process, it's part of what the Lord wants through us in his mission. So we can share our story, our experience with other people. So that's the wonderful motivation that we find when we understand his presence.
0: And really this whole quarter, we're going to be looking at that in in one facet or aspect or another. Now, in this quarter, we're going kind of week by week as we usually do, day by day, to get this understanding, this better idea of God's mission and my mission, God's mission and, and our mission, or, or my mission makes it very personal. But if somebody is reading through this quarter's lessons, and they're saying, okay, this makes sense, I, I'm beginning to see how this applies and, and its importance, but I, I want more, I want to learn more, I want to understand more. We also have a companion book that goes along with this quarter's lesson. Share with us a little bit about that companion book and why somebody might want to get that in addition to the adult Bible study guide that we're going sure. through week by week. Sure.
1: Actually, the companion book, Eric, has been written by the Department of Oral Mission at the University by three colleagues of mine, Dr. Wagner Kuhn, um, Bubakar Sanu, and, and Andrew Tompkins. The three of them together, three missiologists, they went through the, the lessons we wrote and they, they kind of pushed it in the direction of not only understanding in a cognitive way, but how can we practice in our own lives. So I really hope the, the audience and the viewers will, will read also the companion book to better understand how they can be involved.
0: You mentioned the story of Joseph as being one uh, that shows God's love and and reaching out. Uh, What would be another picture of God reaching out to us, Um, his love for us, his desire to reach out to us? Can you think of anything else that that leaps to mind? What would be another uh, example of that?
1: Another beautiful picture is when God came to Moses and Moses put together a tabernacle. Actually, he was uh, telling not only Moses but his people, I want to be with you, I want to dwell among you. The center of, of the place in which they were gathering as, as people, it was God's presence, you see, his desire to be with his children. And it came to a point in which he said, you know what, I will go myself, Emmanuel, God with us. So we see this beautiful, I mentioned to you, throughout the Bible, his desire to be with us, to demonstrate His love, and to show us His purposes through our lives.
0: So that's what we're looking at this quarter, the God of mission, the God who is reaching out to us, who has reached out to us, and who continues to reach out to us. And not only that, but He gives us the wonderful privilege, the wonderful opportunity of reaching out to others. So again, I want to encourage you, if you want to reach out to others, if you are feeling called to reach out to others, you're going to enjoy this quarter's lesson, and you're also going to enjoy this quarter's companion book to this lesson, which you can find at itiswritten.shop. Again, you can find that at itiswritten.shop. I'm going to be back here in just a moment once again with Cleber Gonsalves as we continue taking a look at the God of Mission. We'll be right back in
2: just a moment. While you're familiar with the It Is Written television program, I want to invite you on a journey to understand more about what It Is Written is doing to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We're going to visit India, Mongolia, Guatemala, Moldova, Zimbabwe, the Philippines, and more. Work made possible by It Is Written missions. It Is Written mission teams regularly visit parts of the world where the need for Jesus is great. It might sometimes seem like a hopeless task, a mission impossible, except that it isn't. It cannot be. This is mission possible because Jesus said, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. If you can't go there yourself, you can be there with It Is Written. Mission possible. Watch now on itiswritten.tv. There's something I want to tell you about that is so important. It's My Place with Jesus. It is Written's ministry to children. Take the children you care about to myplacewithjesus.com. At My Place with Jesus, you'll find so much that will bless your children, or grandchildren, or great-grandchildren, or the children at church. There are the My Place with Jesus Bible Guides. 21 studies that will take the children you care about into the Word of God. They'll learn the important things, especially the love of God and the sacrifice Jesus made for them. As well, take your children to Journey Through the Bible. It's there at myplacewithjesus.com. It's a special Bible reading program that will get children into the habit of reading their Bible daily and connecting with God regularly. So don't forget, myplacewithjesus.com from It Is Written.
0: Welcome back to Sabbath School, brought to you by It Is Written. We are continuing to take a look at the God of mission this week on lesson number one, God's mission to us. And Cleber, when we we look at God's mission to us and his desire to reach us, as you mentioned, there are several different pictures of that with the tabernacle, God with Moses, with, with Joseph. But there was really one picture of where God really made manifest his desire to be with us. And that's the incarnation. Help us to better understand the incarnation so that we can appreciate it, if it were possible, in all its fullness. And what that really means to, to you and to me and to everyone today.
1: Actually, when we think uh, carefully at the incarnation, it's it's a mystery for us to really embrace how wonderful was God's decision to come himself, you see. God man the man God to be with us and to go through what we go through as human beings, not only to put in concrete ways uh, the reality of the first promise of Genesis 3.15. And God uh, told uh, Satan that I will put in enmity between you and man See, he was uh, making possible for us a way in which we can really have hope, the reconciliation with God. So his incarnation is fundamental in this process because it's part of what I've mentioned to you in our first segment that, uh, of his desire to be with us. The tabernacle was a way to show in practical ways that Christ would come. Now he's fulfilling the promise. And not only in a way that uh, we can really see God, his image as uh, who he really is, but uh, through the teachings of Christ, I mean, to the way he lived, to what he has taught us to do, and and the mission that he has also given to us. So his incarnation, Emmanuel, got it with us. It's part of this wonderful process in which God um, intentionally demonstrated to us his desire to be with you, with me, in, which, in a way in which we can really not only understand, but to live that experience with other people.
0: So, his desire to, to be with us manifested in the Incarnation. You know, one of the most, if not the most frequently quoted verses in the Bible is John 3.16. That really also helps us to understand the significance of his desire to be with us, of what he's willing to do in order to be with us throughout eternity. What does that verse tell us about God's mission to us, his desire to reach us?
1: That's a wonderful question. Actually, we have two aspects that I want to highlight. I mean, there are so many in there, but when the text says that that God so loved the world, it's, it's a way to demonstrate who he is, love, which is something that we cannot force people to love. You see, and actually, for love to exist, you need to have the option of not to love. You see, It's uh, an exercise of our free will. And then we, when we go back, even to the beginning of everything, that's being created by God. Lucifer, he chose a different path. So God's in that attitude of, of uh, loving us, sending His Son. And then the second part that I would like to highlight is that He gave. Which is uh, not putting himself as the center, but also giving us the opportunity to experience of of himself, and and for us to really fulfill God's mission, we need to understand that uh, our egocentric desires they need to be put aside, so we can really focus on other people. So actually, when we are involved in missionary, we're not thinking on ourselves; we are thinking on on others. You see? We are being that bridge in which we can really exercise love and giving up ourselves to the fulfillment of God's mission. So those are two important and precious things that we find in John 3.16. And
0: you you touched on something there that I think is really important, and that's our opportunity to share with others, uh, really the, the Great Commission, if you will, you know God gave himself, but He gives us that opportunity to share what He has done hmm. with other people and it's a very as you said a selfless thing it's not a it's not where we well, at least we shouldn't gain glory ourselves that's not what the purpose is the the purpose is to lift up God's glory and, and his giving nature and to share that with others and yet he gives us the opportunity to share that Probably at least to some extent, so mm-hmm. that we can benefit as well. That's true. So that we can draw closer to him and gain a greater and deeper understanding of what he has done for us. Share with us a little bit more about that great commission and its significance. I know we're going to delve into that more deeply yeah. later on, yeah. but help get us started, get that ball rolling, yeah. help us to salivate a little bit yeah. here.
1: Thank you, thank you. And actually, it's it's wonderful what what you have mentioned. You see, for us to. Understand that the Great Commission is not the Great Suggestion. It is something that he has given us, so we need to take it seriously. Of course, we will develop further, especially on the next week, uh, aspects of the Great Commission. But I want to focus on the very last part. He tells us that we need to make disciples and how to do it. But in the end, we have a beautiful promise. Christ says, I will be with you until the end. You see the same aspect that I've mentioned before. He is promising to be with us. And Eric, I think all of us, we have, I have gone myself through difficult moments in life, even in ministry, when you face challenges. You see, the devil is doing everything to discourage you. In those moments, I can tell you how precious that promise has been to myself. When I hear from God, Boy, Just continue doing my mission. This mission, it's mine, it's not yours, and I will be with you. And this, I would say, it's one of the most important things for us to understand. This mission, Eric, belongs to God. Not to me, not to you, not to a church. It's not a church that has a mission. It's a mission that has a church. And that mission is centered in God Himself. So that promise, it's so wonderful because we have nothing to fear. You see, I just need to to make myself available so He will use me in the way He wants, through His power, through the gifts He has given me. But I need to understand and never forget that He'll be with me, always, until the very last day.
0: So He wants to be with us. He will be with us. He wants us to be involved and to, to get a clearer picture of who He is through our involvement and again, I'm trying not to to steal the thunder from the coming weeks, but it's very tempting here. What would be some ways, if somebody says, okay, I want to get involved. Intellectually, I I know I should be involved. I want to share my faith, but I don't know where to begin. I'm afraid of putting myself out there and and what might happen. And as we've mentioned, Thursday's lesson talks about practicality all the way through. What would be some practical ways that a person who hasn't really stepped outside their comfort zone, who, who feels maybe they're not qualified. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm not a doctor of theology. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a Bible worker. I'm just, I'm just me. I'm just, I'm, I'm just a Christian, if it's possible to say that, uh, just a believer. What could someone do to, to start thinking practically about how they might share their faith with somebody else, to be a part, an active part, of that great commission?
1: Actually, what you have just mentioned, I'm just a Christian. It's not just a Christian. You are exactly what you need to be, a Christian, to believe in Him. And actually, it's, uh, I would say, a, a two-step process. The first one is that awareness that He is with me. I have nothing to fear. And then I keep telling, even during the years I had the privilege of leading a church as a pastor, it's, I would say that uh, many times I have said that, the most dangerous Prayer, you can pray to God, has only two words. It's when you, in sincerity, you tell him, Lord, use me. If we are sincere, he will use any type of circumstances, any moment, circumstances in our lives, so we can be this channel, this agent of mission for those around me. One of the problems we face that we face with uh, Christianity and with Adventism is to think that we can be a Christian or a faithful Seventh-day Adventist. Only two or three hours, in one day of the week, on a Sabbath, we think four walls. It's easy to be a Christian and a Seventh-day Adventist within a church building. The challenge is to be a Christian and a Seventh-day Adventist out there in real life, every single day. So when you go to the to the gas station, when you go to the supermarket, to the farm, everywhere, just pray, Lord, use me. He will put circumstances in your life so you can simply share your story, share your experience. That's We need to have that experience. We need to have a story with him in this relationship. He will use us. So that intentionality, of being aware of his presence and the desire to live as an agent for the kingdom are fundamental for us to, to, to have this experience of mission every day in our lives. So if we
0: pray, Lord, use me, dangerous prayer, but a very important one, a very powerful one, one that God certainly can and will answer, he'll bring people into our paths, opportunities, maybe a message that we receive somehow via text or something, to share our faith with somebody else. In order to share your faith, you don't necessarily have to know the answer to every question about everything in the Bible ever written. I think you and I probably both fall short in that department. At least I know I don't know the answer to everything. All 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 of us do. But we all do have a testimony. We all have a testimony that we can share with others. How important is one's testimony of what God has done for them when sharing their faith with others?
1: Hmm. that's a very important question because it deals with storytelling. It's it's just telling people your story with God, your, your experience with Him. And that's, I would say, one of the most powerful tools that we can ever have. Many times we have this anxiety of sitting with people and simply sharing God's word with them. But even before we we, we go to that point, we need to share what this has done in my life. You see, I work with secular, with post-Christian people, post-moderns, and I keep telling uh, friends and, and those who want to be involved in that kind of ministry, even before inviting someone to your church, invite them to your home. One of the issues we see today is authenticity. They want to see in our lives that our lives are equal to what we preach. So it's a way for us simply to, to, to show and to say who we are, our story, our experience with God. It's a powerful way to really do mission every day in what uh,
0: we live. Authenticity. I like that. Clever, thank you for joining us this week. My, Much appreciated. My pleasure. My pleasure. And thank you for joining us. We're glad that you could join us for this very first lesson looking at God's mission and my mission. Next week, we're going to come back again and continue our journey. God bless you, and we'll see you next time on Sabbath School, brought to you by It Is Written.